Yo, this is John from Noise Dosage Media, and this episode is brought to you by Begrudgingly Benny. Interested in putting something horrific and grotesque on your next piece of merch? Benny is tucked away in the fiery depths of COVID quarantine, blasting the filthiest of old school death metal and drawing hideous creatures that he is waiting for you to adopt. Go over to Instagram and follow at Benny and contact him if you would like some really weird original art for your band or label. Super professional, highly recommended. So let's start it off with, uh, you know, I was watching the stream and I saw you're a, a big Kiss fan. And I'm curious. Yeah, die hard. I'm curious on your introduction to them. Um, well, uh, I was like digging through my dad's uh, vinyl collection uh, when I was yep. like a little, a little kid. And um, I came across Destroyer. And I mean, you know, when you're like six years old and you see like this, basically these comic book characters um right like, right it looks like, like a video game basically it's like dude it doesn't get cooler than this you're like well that's not that's not a band that's that's a these are superheroes right right so i mean i was visually i was hooked instantly uh-huh. um and then once the needle hit the record i think that it could have been honestly it could have been country music at that point it didn't matter what the band sounded like i was hooked i was a kid i was hooked and I fell in love with that record. I listened to it until it was scratched, warped, and completely unlistenable because I was a kid and didn't know how to treat a vinyl record. Right, you just but, throw it on and hope it doesn't pop over. Yeah, and I was playing it on my <laughs> Fisher Price record player as well. So, you know, like probably wasn't the best thing to be doing with my dad's 1970s vinyl. But um, I fell in love, and it just so happens that uh, that era, when I was a kid, Kiss had Kiss was doing a reunion 1996. Mm-hmm. They were they were doing a big reunion tour, and uh, they put out a record in '98 called Psycho Circus. So like I physically had the memory of getting that record on record release day, Psycho Circus in '98. Um, I was seven years old. Yeah, that was that was my introduction to. Well, I want to say it was my introduction to Kiss, but that was like the album that was like it, that album seemed a little bit out of the ordinary for Kiss right like well it was like it was the big comeback with the original lineup after not having the original lineup for so long and uh i don't know man there's some bangers on that record no and that's what i mean i feel like people always look over that album you know what they do and it's a fucking kick-ass album that's that's like my favorite kiss album amazing say that amazing so it's it's and the packaging was so cool too it's like the the holographic cover and um, the Ace Freely song on that album is amazing, Into the Void, and the title track is fucking killer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some real, real heavy shit on there, too. Um, this song called Within, super, super heavy. I think it's like the second track on there. But yeah. I, So that came out in 98, and like I was double hooked. And there was a music video on Much Music and MTV at the time, so triple hooked. Now I see them on TV. And then what really sealed the deal was 2001 came around and I saw them live and it was like (laughs) best concert I ever saw in my life. This first time I saw boobs, I'd never seen boobs before. And then all of a sudden it's like naked chicks everywhere, smoking joints and stuff. And I'm there with my dad. I'm like fucking 10 years old. And you know, y'all I'm going to drop the bomb on my first ever concert. I went to, you're going to probably laugh your ass off. 
Okay, I'm but, ready. You want to guess? Like, it's one of the biggest meme bands in history right now. The biggest meme band in history right like, now. Like, the band that people makes fun of, like, constantly. Lay it on me. Nickelback. <laughs> Your first ever concert was Nickelback? It was How old horrible. are you? Like 24? Like, what, 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 why weren't you going to concerts before then, man? Yeah, well, dude, I... My my, let's just say my dad had a bad. I don't know. We were just in Chicago, and then they're like, "Yeah, man, Nickelback's in town. Let's go to a concert." I'm like, "Sure." Oh boy, oh boy. Oh boy. But the power uh, of Satan compels you. <laughs> power of Satan compels you. Yeah, Lord. I haven't said that. It's like a it's like a really bad thing to say now because everybody hates them. Okay, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll level I'll level with you. Yeah, level it. Come on. I've seen them live. Yeah? What yeah, man. It? Uh, I saw them live in Toronto five, six, seven-ish years ago in that realm. And uh, I had a friend who was dating someone who worked for the band, got us a bunch of, like, tickets and all-access passes and free booze. So I fucking went. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> it was fine. I got you know, wasted. I don't really remember thing- anything. The one thing is that is cool, like that Nickelback Nickelback does, is they have like beer cannons. Like no bands do that. I was gonna say they they promote the overconsumption of alcohol during their shows a hundred percent. And that was actually when people ask me about my Nickelback live experience. That's my main takeaway: is that for a band that everyone made fun of for being so soft, the show was like, hey. It was like it was like watching 1989 James Hetfield. It was like "fuck you, pussies, drink beer." It was like what? <laughs> this is Nickelback. Yeah, I had the uh. same dude. I had the exact same experience once at a Stone Sour concert. Uh, yeah. Come whatever, come whatever may had just come out, and the big single on the radio was a ballad. That was all I knew from them was a fucking ballad. I'm looking at you through the glass. I don't know how much time has passed. Yeah, and I'm like, every time you click on that band, that's that's the first thing. That's what you up. get. And so I'm like, dude, this is going to blow. And they were like an opener on a bill I was stoked for. And I'm like, this is going to suck. And then I went and saw, and then you hear like, they're a metal band. It's like fucking heavy as fuck, except dude. for those singles. It was really yeah. interesting to... To, to get that live experience, to walk into a show expecting one thing and then to actually see the band for what it is live. And, right. dude, I, I ended up liking that record a lot, man. A lot of good songs on that, man. That was a golden era for Roadrunner Records. Mm-hmm. Now, I noticed that you were on the tour bus with Corey and stuff. I, I've met Corey a few times. And uh, what, what what's your take on him? Like, in my uh, opinion, he's, like, one of the coolest dudes I've ever met. Yeah, super nice, man. 100% super nice. Like, that night, specifically, I'm assuming you're talking about the photo on Instagram. Yep. Um, Yep. We were hanging on his bus after a Slipknot show, and he went so far out of his way to to accommodate us and just to be super chill. Um, Before the show, he invited us backstage because, like, he thinks like a fan. That's what I that's what I like about him. He's like, well, they're obviously gonna want to meet me in costume and out of costume. So he invited right. us backstage before the show. And he was like full, like full makeup, mask, fucking got the the weird uh clown blazer that he's wearing on the most recent tour. And he's yeah. like, Hey, how you guys doing? And it was just like super brief and just like a, a photo opportunity essentially. And then he's like, enjoy the show. 
And then after the show, he's like, hey, don't go anywhere. Like, he's texting us. Like, don't go anywhere. Like, I want to have you guys onto the bus. And um, that's rad. That's rad. So chill. Dude, we sat there till two in the morning. We sat there till it was like, he didn't ask us to leave. We were kind of like, oh, like, uh, we got to go, dude. It's like, <laughs> two, it's like two in the morning. He's like, oh, are you sure? Are you sure? It's like, yeah, man. We like, we got to roll, bro. We got to skedaddle. Yeah, we got him. We got him. We got him. We got a jet, man. Uh, unless you're, uh, you know, take him on tour, be the merch guy or something. Come on. Literally, it was at the point where, like, they were about to roll out of town and we were still sitting there. Like, I had to hop off the bus before I ended up in fucking Albuquerque, New Mexico or something. <laughs> That's funny. So, Blaine, he's a character. The man never... with the legend. Dude, I've never laughed so hard during a podcast in my whole life. Do you get, you want to hear my Blaine impression? Yeah, let's hear it. Banger fans. <laughs> Dude. That's all I got. That's that's my whole Blaine impression. Next time you see him, walk up to him and say, hey, Blaine, tell me a joke. I don't think he's going to like that. No, no, he didn't like that. I asked him, I'm like, Blaine, you're a comedian. Come on, shoot Dude, me a joke. Dude, what's he's wrong like, with you? You never ask a comedian no, to tell no, you I a know. joke. <laughs> but he did. He did. He told me a joke that was absolutely hilarious. Like, yeah, just that's how you piss him off. That's how you piss him off. I, I, I'm not going to do that to him. I have too much <laughs> respect for Blaine to do that to him. Um, so what are some things like you've learned along the way with uh, Banger TV? Like, I don't know, like literally everything, man. Yeah. Like, honestly, I can't, I cannot express to you enough, like how much of a, of a total amateur I was like an absolute amateur. I was, I'd never done anything on camera. Um, I'd never, uh, read from a script. I'd never been off script. I'd never done anything in that capacity. My only experience was in like, I was in a commercial once and I was like a non-speaking role. So it didn't fucking matter. Um, right. I can say fuck, right? Fucking fuck. Absolutely. Yeah, it's the, the internet. Okay. <laughs> it's the internet, man. Um, um, now, would you say, like, being in bands, how has this helped you, like, to learn how to, I don't know, like, promote yourself? Like, that's a big thing with being in a band. Like, you know what? The band, the band thing really helped initially with Banger get me out of my shell because I was used to the element of performance. Right. Was, right. Right. You know, I was, I was used to things that way, but like, dude, like bottom line, I was actually reminiscing uh, with our main camera and editor and like essentially fucking DOP of, of banger. Um, I was reminiscing with them the other day and we we're kind of laughing at how fucking awful I was the first shoot him and I did together. I couldn't, I couldn't get one line out without like, <laughs> like, yeah, having to look back at the script. I sucked at doing it. And uh, really thankful we had an amazing producer at the time named Lisa Latticer taught me everything I absolutely knew. Um, she was a huge help and really got me out of my shell and got me, you know, knowing what the fuck to do in, when I was in front of a camera. So, I mean, I sucked when I first joined Banger and now I feel like I can almost tackle anything when it comes to being in front of a camera because my confidence is there. Honestly, a huge part because of Lisa. She was incredible, man. Absolute gem. Taught me so much. 
And gotcha. yeah, promoting self promotion is everything, dude. Self promotion is everything in this in this day and age. So being in a band, it was like I was used to whoring myself out to the internet already. Right. Yeah. Like we'll rap for food. Like you know, I, I was hey, already ready. I was ready. Cunning linguist reference. If anyone anyone's rapping, I've been I've been told uh, from the beginning that we are all just uh, t-shirt drug dealers. So we are. We are all just selling shirts on a street corner. Yep. Yep. Just selling shirts on a street corner. Glorified drug dealers. I love it. But the drug is heavy metal and it kicks ass. Exactly. Um, hey, baby, you want to come say hi to the stream? Yeah, let's see the cat, man. She's eating. She has nothing to do with me right now. So being a guitar player, you don't like mine. I got to see, you know, what? what's your rig like? What? I saw a V. You know, yeah. what about amplifiers and stuff? So I'm like pretty much all flying V's all the time. Like I fucking love flying V's. Um, and so, yeah, lots of ESP flying V's. I'm an ESP endorsed artist. So I'm super stoked to be on the ESP roster. Got to get those Jacksons off your wall. Get some real guitars going, buddy. Yeah, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. Don't get me wrong. What? Marty, Marty Friedman's one of my faves. I'm a sucker for a Kelly, man. I'm a sucker for a Kelly. But um, uh, rig-wise, with Exciter, I use uh, 6505. There uh, you go. Hell yeah. Are you 6505, man? Uh, I have an angle, but I'm trying to sell my Axe FX to get a 6505. Not a 5150, a 6505. Yeah, I mean, like an old 5150 block letter is fucking primo as well. But yeah, I, I think my big thing with the 6505 is that they're incredibly reliable and no matter where you are in the world, uh, if you end up with backline, like you fly to a gig and you don't have your own shit and you've got right. a rent yeah, at 6505, and they're easy to find and they all sound good. The issue with vintage Marshall amps is they're hard to get and they don't mm. all sound the same. Right. Yeah. That's, I mean, and that's how it was in diamonds for years. I had the benefit of, we were only touring North America. So I'd always bring my own amp everywhere. You know, you're dry, you're in a van tour. You bring your own amp, and I had a vintage JCM 800 that I was. It was my right. Was I was trying to get a uh, what the hell are they call it. It's like a reverb. Uh what the hell is it called? It's a JCM. Oh, it's it's like a reverb. That's what it's called. The JCM, it, yeah, like the 800, the 900, the 2000. Um, but yeah, the 800 is beautiful amp. But the issue is that right. if you don't have your own. You can ask for a JCM 800 and they literally depend what year they were made. Does it have the original transformer? What tubes are in it? It all comes down and like how it's been modded, how it's been treated, how much fucking soldering went into the, 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 the board that day. Like it's, it's all about right. the circuit. They literally all sound different. And that's right. why people such purists with like Marshalls and Gibsons, like brands like that, like every instrument is different. I have grown to like consistency and I find no more consistent amp than the uh, 6505. Fucking there love is. them. Yeah, they sound they sound the same every night, man. So off the topic of 6505, uh, I'm going to pull something out to show you, but I want to hear your thoughts on um, Van Halen and the passing. Like how big of a fan were you? You know, give me a story on on him if you were a big fan or not. Yeah, I'm, 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 a, I'm a guitar player, man. So, I mean he changed the game. EVH right. was the EVH was the absolute game changer, dude. He, right. 
approached the instrument, made the instrument do and sound, made the instrument do things and made the instrument sound ways it hadn't before. Um, he became incredibly proficient in his own style to the point where when people finger tap today, it's instantly associated with Van Halen. Everybody. Yep. You know, like yep. that's the Van Halen. So like, dude, the guy is an absolute beast and it's, I mean, I have not seen the music world on the internet so unified over a passing since Neil uh, Peart passed away. Dude, um, I know. Like, that's what I really realized about the whole thing. Like, it was so sad because, like, I started playing guitar because of him. And I was like, out of all the people, man, Eddie Van Halen, really? Come on, man. Really young as well. It's really, really sad, dude. Right. It's uh, one of those freaking things. So if you could bring back, I know you saw cliff burton i saw a picture on there of him you know if you could bring back one musician who would it be anyone in the world yeah riley fucking gale fuck god damn it that's That's who i'd bring back because he's my friend first and foremost and a fucking badass musician who another one whose mark will not be forgotten in history of heavy metal yeah, dude, I never, I never got to see them live. Oh, tragedy, dude! Like they, Unreal. they, they, they came around here a few times around Buffalo, Rochester, but I just didn't make. You're it. upstate. Yeah. Oh, bro, I could like throw a fucking football to you over the border. Right, a beer with a beer cannon. <laughs> beer cannon. We'll border nickel cracks. <laughs> fucking beer cannon. I I can't believe I I told you that. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> what would you want to achieve within the next two years of all your projects and uh you know your creative self basically like what are your goals i mean are you going to try to stream more and i don't know well right now i'm super hyped on the twitch thing because uh what went from a year where i was literally not going to play any shows uh mm. you know i had a hundred shows booked and then I had zero shows booked, and now I'm I'm playing in some kind of twisted, convoluted way. I consider them live shows four times a week on Twitch right now, and these are like intense, man. I'm playing for five hours at a time. Yeah, they're freaking yeah. intense, man. <laughs> I'm exhausted. I I agreed to do this, and like I had an hour left in the stream, and I'm like, I'm fading, man. I'm fading. Oh fuck, I still have to do that interview after. Holy you're like, fuck. you're like, I have to deal with this goddamn guy after. God, no, man. I'm I'm stoked. I'm I like. All my my lighting is all set up, so you can't see how ugly I I really am. I got my stream hey, lighting right. set up. I'm already warmed up. Um, yeah, I uh, I would really like to to take the streaming thing to the next level. But overall goals in the next two years, man, is just to continue visiting as many places around the world as I haven't been already. Playing shows. Mm-hmm. Um, if all goes as planned, I should be in Australia for the first time ever next year. Uh, which is a huge bucket list thing for me. That's um, rad. I would love to have a signature guitar out in the next two years as well. Uh, a V? Yeah, all V. They're all Vs, man. That's that's. that's I mean, my like, thing. are you gonna are you gonna try to? Um, I don't know. Make it a little bit different, or are you sticking to the V shape, just signature? A, a, a signature V guitar done the way I want it um, with ESP. That's that's a goal for the next two years. And, uh, you know, just to put out a really, really kick-ass Exciter record is is the main goal right now. 
There you and, go. Uh, you know, just I just want to take everything I'm doing to the next level and just continue giving 150% at everything I do. Um, I try not to set too many personal goals, like little achievements. I like to set like big, ridiculous achievements. There you uh, go. Just kind of strive, strive to be the best, per, uh, best version of myself that I can be at all times. There you go. Yeah, bro. I, uh, I was listening to a podcast and the guy told me that the way that you do this is like, you have to write it down and you write those large things. And eventually, you know, you go from the little steps and little steps and then you freaking hit it, but you got to write it down. I, I don't believe that, but whatever. Hey man, if someone said it in a podcast, it must be true. Right. Right. Okay. Um, so I got a lot. Of, well, I don't have a lot of questions, but, um, you can ask me as many questions as you want. Up to 69 questions I'm willing to answer. So here's a good question for you. This is like a legitimate interview question, but I'm curious on what musicians say. So give me a success story where you like constantly failed at something, but eventually like you overcame it. And you can tie it into music. It is. Um, I tried out for four, five, six, a million bands. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never got the job. And they'd always be so nice about like, oh, you know, it wasn't the playing. It was just, you know, your mobility or the gear or your location. Or or you just weren't what we were looking for or we found someone else. Like I was always getting excuses. So I tried so many times to join so many bands to the point where I – fucking gave up and i was like fuck it i'll just start going out on the road and doing merch for bands and that's how i got my start i was going out on the road so i failed a million times at getting into a band and then Mm -hmm. finally i was out on the road doing merch for a band and their bass player quit and i was there i was like hey guys you know me (laughs) they're like you're a guitar player i'm like fuck it i'll do bass it's a four-string guitar and that that was uh my first success at getting into a band was having after failing so many times, I had to compromise and do the bass. But uh, I mean, from there, I upgraded to guitar, and uh, here we are. Now I'm not, I'm not a merch dude. I actually get to. Oh, I am still a glorified merch dude. I still I'm like I micromanage on tour. Like I'll check in with the merch guy like 46 times to the point where he's like, "Bro, I got it. Like you're Bruh. in the band. Like go warm up or something. Like I got it." <laughs> Oh, like, oh, just that pin wasn't straight. And like, how many of these did you sell? And have you, have you tried organizing the shirts this way? And like, maybe if the lights were just differently. Yeah. It's presentation, man. I'm I'm a uh, a stickler for all that shit, man. It's like, I don't know. The biggest thing with music is, I don't know. Like the image is important with the metal band. And that's. Some I think music. it's important with everything. It's important yeah, with that yeah. from, from pop to rock to country to metal. Think about it. Country, cowboy boots and hat image right there. Pop right. stars. Yeah. Absolutely no clothing at all. Just fucking tape over their nipples and <laughs> fucking singing about wops and shit. You know what I mean? Like it's got to be like over the top. That's image right there. Yeah. Heavy metal, corpse paint, studs, bullet belts, leather jackets. That's image right there. It's like so important. Presentation is so important in everything you do in life. It's got to be packaged and presented properly. I'm a big believer in that. I'm also a huge believer that to have success in any industry, and it applies to music as well, you have to have worked at or at least understand every level of the business. You have to have been a merch person. 
You have to have been a tour manager. You have to have worked at a record label. You have to have put out an album before. You have to have worked in a studio. You have to have been a roadie. You have to have played in a band. You know, I really think you have to understand how every part of the machine works before you can run your own successful machine. Because much like any industry, the music industry is made up of a million different moving right. parts. It's, it's not just strumming the strings, you know? Hell no. You could be the best string strummer in the world, but if you've got a shitty Dead. team behind you managing and you've got a shitty team behind you doing PR and you're not doing things right, it won't take off. You got to understand all levels be of the industry. the freaking next Jimi Hendrix and nobody will know who you are. Exactly. And you know what? I hate to say it, but I have friends who have been far more talented than I am and have not gotten as far because they didn't understand how important the other elements were to the industry. Right. You got, and you know what? It's a philosophy. Some of the most successful and most sought after Michelin star restaurants in the world, in order to be a server at the restaurant, you have to work the host stand, you have to work the line and you have to work the dish pit before you can be a server in a restaurant. And same goes with the kitchen. You want to be a line cook? Well, guess what? You're on the floor tonight. You're at the host stand tonight. You're running back a house. You're running front of house. They make you work every area, and it's a huge key to success. And in order to understand how the restaurant works, you have to work every element of it. And I apply that to any industry and any endeavor that you undertake. Right. The bartender, where where do they make it in there? The bartender? They're they're the easiest one. You have (laughs) to be the bartender. You have to have worked the door at least once. You have to be able to recognize and understand when someone should be admitted entry and when they shouldn't. You have to have been a bar back before. You have to know how how to stock the fridges, how to clean the fridges, how to fucking go pick up glasses, how to walk through a crowded room. You have to do all those skills before you just get hired as the fucking bottle slinger, fucking, you know. (laughs) The cocktail guy. Yeah, the cocktail guy with the mustache and the bow tie. Man, you got to be the dude with the rag sticking out of your pocket with the bus bin over your head first, 100%. Oh, that's funny. So um, do you listen to podcasts on your spare time? Um, I don't listen to a ton. I'm very selective about the ones I listen to. Uh, not because I dislike podcasts, but because I haven't perhaps um, spent the time to find the ones I love. So I love, there's a couple Kiss ones I listen to religiously. Uh, Three Sides of the Coin being my favorite. I love the Danko Jones podcast. I love the Ricky Rackman podcast, the the Cat House podcast, because I love everything 80s. Um, But uh, yeah, I'm not like a podcast person. Like when I'm on tour, I'm listening to albums versus listening to podcasts. Now, do you listen to... uh... I get a lot of, you know, I don't listen to metal on the road because there's just so much of it and they get burned out. Do you listen to metal on the road or do you listen to like different stuff? I'm a freak. I'm a freak. So I understand most metal musicians you interview will tell you that they listen to fucking jazz or listen to like pop or listen to to like classic rock. Like they, they like want nothing to do with metal when they're on the road. I'm a freak, man. I love metal all the time. I do go through phases, though, where I'm, like, not into metal at all, and I'll listen to just, like, straight rock or, like, 70s or 60s, like, throwback. But oftentimes, like, I'm on the road listening to the same Megadeth records I've heard 8 million times. There you go. Uh, Metallica or Megadeth? Megadeth. That's a heavy question. No, it's not. Megadeth. I guess you're right, because I... I Metallica, Metallica, Metallica is more iconic, hands down. Everyone's favorite band, absolutely. But let let's break it down. Thinking Man's Thrash, Rust in Peace. I've yeah, I've met, I've Sorry. met Dave. He's a cool dude. Dave Mustaine blocked me on Twitter. Why? 
because he hates me. Well, he hates me too. So <laughs> we have that in common. Uh, I I walked away on the last picture I was supposed to take with him. Like I walked away. Like why would you do that? You got you had the opportunity to get a photo with David Mustard Stain. We took we took three pictures and I walked away on the, the third one on accident. I was like, what done? Like what was this? Uh Rapid Theater. It was on their tour with Havoc. Oh yes. I, I got the VIP thing. I spent like three hundred dollars. It hey, was man. like that's not bad considering you could spend like thirteen hundred dollars to meet Ozzy Osbourne and he'll say eight words to you. Less dude, three words. Dude, I I wish I could meet Ozzy. So could I, but not for fucking that much money. Yeah, that's a lot of money. I'd like yeah. to meet Ozzy for free. Did you listen to the new album? Oh not not the new album, the new the new music video. The Ozzy record? I think the music he put out, video he put out a new album this year. The uh, music video with the car on fire and the riot. No? I heard that he did. I know. I listened to his collab with Post Malone, and uh, yeah. yeah, I heard that. It was okay. Yeah. It was cool. But like, my issue was the. It sounds very. Um, how do I say this without being rude? I don't think it's being rude. It's Process. just my opinion. It sounds. It sounds very fake. Yeah. Like it's this very. His voice sounds very digitally enhanced. Um, however, there are some real cool reminiscent Sabbath riffs I've heard. But I, I can't honestly say I've sat down and listened to the whole record more than once on like the, the Friday it came out. That's what I do every Friday. I listen to all the new records. And I'll just sit. I do my work at Banger and fucking sit and listen to records all day on Fridays. Um, so I listen to that Aussie record at least once. But uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I haven't really liked an Aussie record since that one with It Gets Me Through. Yeah. What, what was that one called? I have no idea. Oz, Oz, Osmos, Osmosis of a Madman. <laughs> Yeah, kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I osmosis, osmosis of a barking madman with a diary that also <laughs> is speaking of the devil. Oh boy, freaking Ozzy, man! I, dude, he's gonna outlive us all. I'm telling you, hundred percent. How is that even a question? That guy like, is immortal. And anytime he, he has a health scare, I'm like, guys, relax. It's Ozzy. It's Ozzy. It don't matter. Yeah. Um. So the last thing I'll ask is, um, you know, studio tips and tricks. So, like, give me something that's really simple that people don't do in the studio that would make a big difference. Literally, literally, check this out. Know your fucking parts. Do you know how many people go into the studio and don't know their fucking parts? Yep. There is nothing more frustrating. No, no, no. no, no. When they write parts in the studio. I mean, listen, some bands get away with that. There's like an, a level of improvisation. Like if you're Kirk Hammett on the latest Metallica record, those are all clearly improv <laughs> solos. And you can tell. It shows. Yeah. Um, but like, dude, guess what? If you're not Metallica and you're on a budget, here's shocker. You pay by the hour. Know your yes. fucking parts. Dude. Know your parts. Go in. It'll require less editing in post. It'll take way less time. You're paying by the hour. People go in and are like, oh, I wasn't sure about this part. What do you think? I'm like, I don't know. I think you should have known it an, a week ago <laughs> and have played it 300 times during the week. When Aggressor – I was in this band called Aggressor. And let me tell you, when we went in to do the record, everything was rehearsed to a T. Like – I'm talking the band would get together and play through the 10 song album six times a night 
four nights a week for three months. It was like painful. Every symbol shot, every goddamn little slide, pick slide, everything was so to a T rehearsed perfectly. But we had a piece of shit PA. So we never heard the singer singing, but you know, oh, we knew the music no. was down. We knew the music was down, and he said the, the the singing was fine. We show up in the studio, he had been bluffing. He had been bluffing. He was writing the shit the night before, literally writing lyrics the night before, rewriting melodies the night before, and it showed. Drums, half a day. Bass, half a day. Guitars, lead, and rhythms, one full day. Vocals, 14 days. Yeah, I can't buddy. Drop the, I can't drop the mic, but... I wish I could. There's a there's your mic drop. <laughs> Sorry if that was really loud. I can't tell. Holy crap. 14 yeah. days? Yeah, bro. We had to buy a whole... We gave him a week. We thought the vocals would take a week because 10 songs do like two songs a day with a couple... Maybe like a rest day where you only do one song. Like, they're metal songs. It's screaming. It's, 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 it's hard on the vocal. Like, and we're fully aware right. of that. Right. So we were cool with him doing a song or two a day. So we bought a week. We had to get a whole extra week, man. A whole extra fucking week just to now, finish the vocals. Now, around here, we pay like 35 bucks an hour. At the time, I remember vividly it was $40 an hour because I was the one foot in the bill. Oh, fuck, dude. I was, You're yeah. footing it? I mean, I was in charge of the, the band finances at that point. So anything that we didn't have was just going on a band credit card that I had applied for in my name. That sucks, dude. Yeah, and then we put out that record and the band broke up six months later. So, no, you know, dude. I got like I had like two thousand copies of that CD sitting in my attic. Well, I guess we're not you know, I'm in the same like boat as you, so it's all right. Freaking yeah. having CDs that don't sell. It's you sucks. live and learn. You live and learn, buddy. You live and learn. It's part it's all part of the journey, right? You gotta make mistakes to learn. Now, if you were to go back, I'm curious on uh your attack so a new band just starting out they want to sell something right if you had to pick like three pieces of merch in quantities what would you get i know long sleeves are like the big thing nowadays but would you go for cds that's my question yeah so cds are still the number one selling item for an okay. underground band uh an underground band like listen if you're fucking metallica no one's buying your CD on the merch table unless it's like some limited edition numbered autographed only available at the show. Like no one's walking into a Metallica show and like, I got to get the new Metallica CD. It's not how that works. It's, it's the like, $50 t-shirt that I bought. Yeah. Or, or, or the $150 sweatshirt, you know, um, you know, uh. everyone's going for that kind of shit. When you're an underground band though, the number one selling album is the $10 CD. It's cheap. It's pretty much the only place to get it if you're not, you know, a huge band. You got to go to the show to get the CD. So in my band, Diamonds, <clears throat> sorry, I've had like 47 beers on stream tonight. That's right. That, that was right. long overdue. I was trying to hold it and not burp for, no, for you. But no, it's all right. It happened. Um, fucking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, fucking the $10 CD in Diamonds was always the number one seller because it's cheap. It fits in your jacket pocket. And it's something that you can only really get at the show. So I right. would, for, if I had to do three merch items, I would make CDs, 10 bucks a pop. It's the way to do it. I would do black t-shirts with two color print. 
stop cheaping out on one color prints. Everyone wants more. Just get two colors. It's a dollar more per shirt. Single-sided. No one cares about double-sided t-shirts anymore. Just fucking, you're an underground band. (laughs) Everyone's wearing a leather jacket anyways. Get a black t-shirt, two-color print. Make 50 of those. Bring them on tour with you. And then get a long sleeve and save your money to do a sleeve print on your long sleeve. Yeah, to do logos and art. And so, yeah, those are my three items. T-shirt, long sleeve, CD. Everything else starts to become too niche. Hats. Vinyl? Not everyone, not everyone no. wears a hat. You're a hat right. guy. Clearly, you're wearing a hat. Yep. So, you know, you might pick up the hat. But I don't. I never wear a hat. I will not buy a hat off a merch table. I'm always rocking the bad hair day. That's why. I mean, I rock I rock a bad hair day every single morning when I wake up, so I feel you. Um, right. I can't leave the house until I spend at least fucking 15 minutes fixing the thing on top of my head. <laughs> um, th- th- it has a mind of its own. Um, yeah, vinyl's good, but it's expensive as fuck. So if we're talking yeah, like a- Like limited quantities, man. I haven't found a way to like even do it on a budget. Short run vinyl is very expensive. Um, there are places that'll do like short run and you could literally get like 25 pieces made if you want, but it's very expensive. Right. Yeah. Seven inches. That'd be cool. But that's like, you don't get a lot of music on that, man. No, not at all. And I mean, it's cool. It's DIY as fuck, but yes, again, you want to put a whole album out. You can't, can't really, you can fit fucking three songs, four songs. If they're really short on a seven inch. (sighs) That's it. That's all you got. Um, Hell yeah. That's all you got. All right. Well, you've been streaming for the last four hours. So I'm going to give you a break. Five. Five. Five hours. Five. Okay. Uh, Last quick questions that just popped in my head. Um, Tips on a uh, streamer. Uh, First coming. I don't know. Like, you seem very uh, knowledgeable on the streaming and uh, people I should talk to. I fooled you. What? I'm brand new at it, man. I I know nothing. I'm like still learning. I'm still learning the lingo. I'm still learning the features. I'm very new at it. um, And I'm not that great at it. But there are people who are way better than me at it. And so if I had to give advice to a uh, a new streamer, this is the advice I wish I would have known. One, drop all preconceived notions. Drop any... any ideas that you think you know about it or how it's going to go, drop it right now because it is an evolving beast and it, it grows by the hour. It changes. So at first I was only willing to do streams if I was getting like wasted and so baked. I'm like smoking fucking 50 joints, <laughs> drinking beers to the point where at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, uh, thanks, for, right, thanks, thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, you know, like it was embarrassing. And like, I thought that's, I thought people were only watching me because I was getting like that. And uh, I realized it's not the case. And at first I was only playing songs that I knew perfectly because I didn't want to improvise. I didn't want to make mistakes. I thought it was like a live show. So you just got to drop all that preconceived notion bullshit and just realize that streaming is literally just a community of people who want to watch you excel at something that you enjoy. And watch you give out good vibes and just hang and be part of something. It's so much more community oriented than I ever imagined. Okay. Yeah. Dude, I highly recommend it for anyone. Like we're in a time where we're doing shit like this, Zoom calls, uh, StreamYard, uh, you know, whatever it may be. Like we're in a very distanced digital era 
hop on the streaming thing, man. I've never felt closer to a community that I've physically never met in person before. That's awesome. Yeah, it's Twitch. Very cool. I got to upgrade my account, and then I get um, I get Twitch, I get Facebook, all that in one click. It's, it's going to be sweet. Ooh, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man, you can stream on Twitch. I'll follow you. That's going to be fucking sweet. All right, uh, last thing. Uh, so give me some people that you met along the way that is – well, you know, reachable to me, that would be cool to talk to. People for your podcast? Yeah. Uh, who do you want to have? Who do you I want? I don't know. What's your like, bucket list? Bucket list? Holy shit, man. Give me your bucket uh, list. I'll see who I can hook you up with. Uh, number one person I've tried to hook up with is uh, Corpse Grinder. George and, Fisher. Yep. And uh, I've contacted the label. They, they put a stop sign in front of me. You know, that they cannibal corpse is a hard interview right now. They don't really want to do press right now because of some shit that, you know, in their camp that they just don't want to talk about. We even we had a uh, cannibal corpse um, at banger. We did a we did a, a cannibal corpse banger. We had we had Paul in and yeah. uh, even that was like, you know, banger gets anything they want. Even with Paul, it was like, hey, like, make sure you don't ask this, this, this and this. It was right. Like, right. Still. So. In another era, I would have told you that Alex Webster is one of the best interviews ever. I interviewed Alex Webster when I was in high school. He was so fucking cool. That's cool. But um, yeah, maybe not Cannibal Corpse. Who else? No, who can no. I- you said bucket list. Um, yeah, yeah. Who can I get you? I want to help. I don't know. I was asking for you people that you met that are cool. Um, I'm trying to think. It, it'd take a freaking overnight sleep. I've talked to so many po- cool people so far. Um, Have you had any of the dudes from Death Angel? Have you had any of the dudes no, from Warbringer? Death Angel? No, I've tried. I've tried reaching out to Death Angel. I haven't got anything yet. Well, let's get you Ted Aguilar then. That would be sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's fucking Ted will do it. Ted's a buddy. He fucking loves to impress. I got one of Ted's signature guitars over here. I fucking love that thing. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Let's. Fucking, I know Ted is always down to do interviews. Um, who else, man? The dudes in Warbringer, they had a record this year. They're fucking yeah. totally willing to talk about it. We can get you fucking Keevil or Carlos Cruz or one of those dudes. Those dudes, you've already had Havoc, so we don't that need to get you That was fucking Havoc. awesome. Dude, that was sweet. Um, uh, who else? Danny Lilker from Nuclear Assault. We could get dude, you Dude, he's in my backyard. We could get you Danny. That'd be awesome. I've talked. To, he's dude. He lives. Uh, he works down the street from me. Well, oh, the archive. Be. Yeah. Yeah, I know the archive. Fuck I used yeah. to be like fifteen minutes down the street. So he moved. still works there. He still works there. Yeah. Pop in. Pop into the archive and just ask him to do. Uh, do dude, a podcast. I was, I was thinking about doing it. Uh, in person. It's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You could, dude, do a distance podcast in person at the archive. They have a bar in the back room. I'm going to just sit down and be like, damn, come on, man. Have a beer with him, man. Dude, Danny's the man. I fucking love Danny. Danny's uh, the man. What about Jeff Becerra from Possessed? He's pretty fucking cool, too. You know, I've been told, yeah, that's been a person that, you know, I've gotten recommended, but, you know, I haven't been able to reach to him either. It's crazy. I don't I don't know. He's cool. He's cool. He would totally be down. He would totally be down press they love it but um 
Yeah, if I think of something, I don't know. I'm stoked that Blaine told me. You must have asked this question to Blaine because Blaine is the one who told me. Blaine was like, yo, the podcast is great. Fucking go on, hang. Yeah, what what did he say? I'm curious. Do you really want to know what happened? Yeah. Did anyone else from Banger reach out to you or was it just me? No, it's just you. Okay, because Blaine sent an email to like the top five hosts on Banger. Oh, I love Blaine. He's like, hey, I just did this podcast. Here's the link. It was a lot of fun. If you're interested, he's looking for guests. And I messaged you like eight eight minutes after I got that email, I messaged you. So you have Blaine to thank for this, my friend. That's awesome, man. Hell yeah. I love Blaine. Blaine's the man. Blaine fucking had me laughing. Dude, Blaine Smith is one of the funniest dudes you will ever meet in your life. He is. All right. Well. Dude, shoot me an email if you want help getting in touch with any of those people. They're all they're all personal friends, and they all love doing podcast type stuff. So let me know. Right on. Fuck yeah, I'll, uh, I appreciate you uh, taking the time to do this. And uh, dude, obviously, I'm always happy, man. Twitch, I'm- man, dude, I'm getting on Twitch. I'm starting to watch Twitch more. That that was freaking sweet, dude. Get on there and get in the chat next time and say hello. Quit being a lurker, That's dude. You had. It. You had some lingo. I couldn't understand what the hell you guys were talking about. Exactly. You got to come hang and learn the lingo, buddy. <laughs> I wasn't in the cool. Uh, I was. I wasn't in the cool friend group right there. Hey, man. But now, now you got the one-on-one. So who's cool now? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. All right. Well, I'm gonna have this up in, uh, on Spotify within the next couple of days. I'll link you. Sick. I'll tell everybody to download it and stream it and. Uh, Let's make you 0.01 cents of a penny after we get a million streams. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, I don't even think podcasts make mon- like money. Great. Let's make nobody money except for Spotify and Amazon because that's how the world works. Yep. There all, our hard, all our hard work into Jeff Bezos. We didn't pocket. even get a beer out of it. Fuck. Unbelievable. All right, man. Well, you have a good night. and uh... Thanks, bro. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we're signing off, and uh, peace, man. Later.